Hey, hey, greetings, salutations, and welcome everyone to Making Sales Social Live, brought to you by Social Sales Link. I'm Bob Wood, LinkedIn Sherpa, and I'm joined as always by fellow LinkedIn and social selling professional who's also known as the LinkedIn Whisperer, Bryn Tillman. What's up, Bryn? Hi, Bob. How are you? Doing good. Thank you. Doing good. Doing good. Um, so let's going to get right into it. Welcome to Making Sales Social Live, as we share LinkedIn and social selling training, strategies, and tips that will have an immediate impact on your business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, every week, Making Sales Social Live. This is the recorded version of our weekly Making Sales Social Live show. Many salespeople I think equate creating content for LinkedIn with something physically painful happening to them personally. Most of the time, though, that feeling comes from a simple lack of knowledge or plan regarding what types of content to post. They they just don't know where to begin. So with LinkedIn providing, proving rather, to be a gold mine for lead generation and an invaluable tool for building meaningful connections with prospects, mm-hmm. you got to get over that feeling, right, Bryn? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there are lots of content that attract lots of different people. So really what we're going to cover today, and and Bob, I'll let you lead it in, but what we're going to cover today is what kind of content will help you to start conversations with your targeted buyers. So I'm really excited, but Bob, I'm going to throw the ball back to you to get us started on number one. Yeah, sure. So, and actually, so these are like sections with subsections today because we're we're, we're actually going to be covering a couple types of things for top of the funnel and then a couple of things for mid to late funnel and then even one for post sales so that you can get Ooh. more and more sales out of. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, so let's start at the top with the top of the funnel. Uh, and the first one's going to be, um, you know, content that just generates an, a need within, within your audience of, of well, people. Yeah, who you let's talk talk, yeah. Let's talk about like content before the need. So right. I love, you know, what is happening before they need us? Where right. are they? So for us, there are a few things that are happening before they need us. Maybe they had sales training and then we might be next, right? It Let's say you are a CRM salesperson. They may have hired their first salesperson or their Mm. second salesperson and now they need a CRM. So what is happening one step before they need you? The reason that this is important, knowing this, and most of this is going to be curation, some could be original, but the reason this is so important really comes down to the fact that if we're engaging everyone when they need us, they're already shopping. When we really start engaging them and connecting with them prior to their knowledge that they need us, number one, we can help build the story and be the influencer during that journey instead of 
late in the journey, late in the buyer process. We can also, you know, we're engaging them before they even know they may need our solution. So we can really be part of that journey and helping them. Yeah. So the before they need us, I think is critical to engaging them at the top of the funnel. Very, very, yeah, very tippy, 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 tippy top of the funnel, especially when you consider that old statistic, I forget where it comes from, but it was something like 68% of the people will buy from the person who was there to provide insight first. 74%. So it's a a corporate vision stat. Corporate business, that's right, yes. It's a corporate vision stat. And if I... I'm, I'm quoting as close as I can remember, 74% of buyers choose the sales rep or company that was first, first to add value and insight. So that's a perfect uh, example of why early in their process, even earlier than we think about, we should be on the radar. Exactly. So the second part of that tippy top of the funnel is once you get the, the, the before the need stuff, Creating curiosity and getting prospects to think differently about their current situation, which quite frankly is what sales is all about in general. But I mean, but to create content around that so that you're not necessarily involved in that thought process, but then they will want to reach out to you because again, you are providing insights into it. So I love this, right? Really good content that is designed start sales conversations comes down to a lot of this concept of that it needs to create curiosity gets them thinking differently about their current situation. So those are three elements. Sometimes we'll have five in that, like resonate with your buyer, create curiosity, teach them something new that gets them thinking differently about their current situation and creates a compelling moment, right? So why is this so important? Well, number one, actually, let me just back up for a second. This is not the formula for all content. This is the formula for content that creates sales conversations, Mm -hmm. that creates social selling engagement, not just thought leadership engagement, but when we can hit those five points, and, and Bob, you mentioned curiosity that gets them thinking differently about their current situation, we can now attract and engage people that are thinking about whatever it is they're doing. So when we can create curiosity, typically it's they're leaning in and going, hmm, I haven't thought of that yet, or that rings a bell or that is something we just talked about this topic in our meeting on Monday or whatever that is, we're, we're resonating and creating curiosity that gets them to want to read it. When they're reading it, the resource that we are is getting them to learn something new, maybe a way to do something or a way they shouldn't be doing something that gets them to think differently about the way they're doing business today. This, although is really at its core positioned to be a resource, it also is planting seeds in the minds of our prospects that there might be a better way. Mm -hmm. And so, right. So then when we do that, we're teaching them something new that's getting them thinking differently about their current situation. This will get them to respond. And if we can't get them we need that call to action, that compelling moment 
to convert them from a lurker to engager so that we can start the conversation. Really important. I know I ranted a little bit about that, Bob, but I think that's really important. Yeah, it definitely is, especially because once you get people into that process, I find that that they open up their minds more and they're open to possibilities. And that's ultimately what we want them to be feeling. And hopefully one of the possibilities is what you want to talk to them about and having to do with your product or service. Yeah, that you can solve that problem. But the interesting thing about the content is we're not talking about how we solve the problem, right? We're talking about the challenge. We're talking about new ways to think of things. And then we have a compelling, you know, whether it's to like, connect, set up a conversation around more of those insights that lead to our solution. So that's yep. perfect. Next, next, please. We're getting into mid to late funnel content now. So the next example that we have is social proof. So that's basically going to come from like the big one is like case studies. You don't, they don't necessarily need to be formal case studies. Although if you have formal case studies, that's fine as well. But you know, this is where you can prove that you are who you say you are and that you could do what it is that you claim that you do. So I love this, right? Case studies too early in the sales process feels pitchy. Case studies after you've qualified them and they have shown interest is perfect. So as Bob said, this is not the top of the funnel now. This is the nurturing of after first or second conversations. Now, case studies, case stories, testimonials, recommendations, video testimonials, all of these fall under kind of this category in the middle of the funnel. Now, be careful that we're not sharing a ton of case studies on our newsfeed because the newsfeed is typically for the top of the funnel. So where can we share these case studies? Number one, on your profile is a fantastic place if they got there, they're they're exploring, Fair. number one. Obviously, I would share this in your on your website. But one of the best places that I love to share this is in the inbox of people mm-hmm. in a follow-up. Maybe if you use something like Dub or um, any of the video messaging. Vidyard. Yeah. Vidyard what's the um, Zoom info? Zoom in? No, yeah. not Zoom info. No. No. What is What does Gunner use? Um, it's so good and I'm blocking what it is. And me too. Uh, we'll find it. Gunner, if you're listening, stick a chat in, you know, anyway, they're all really good. And this is an opportunity for you to send a video follow-up with some case studies or some case stories. Now, uh, Loom, thank you, Gunner. Loom. Gunner. (laughs) I love it. Um, So, yeah, so Loom, that's, I love the way that he uses Loom. Follow Gunner for more information on Loom, Gunner Hood. Mm -hmm. So now we're looking, you know, case, where are we using these case studies and case stories? Really, I would, obviously, we want to include them in, in our, you know, testimonials on LinkedIn, our recommendations on LinkedIn. Getting these are, are, crucial. Now, I'm just going to quickly state kind of the five pieces of this case study or story that really makes it work. Number one, what was happening in their business that made them recognize they needed this solution? Number two, why 
did they meet with you? How did they find you? Was it a referral? How did they get to you? And why did they choose you? So that's number two. How did they find you and choose you? Number three is what was it like to work with you? Number four is what was the impact that it had on your business, the results? And number five, a piece that they are saying they would never choose anyone else. If you're looking for this, pick them, right? Like that. Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. They close it by saying, we've edited it. We did it all. We're making it easy for you. Here's the person, right? That becomes the formula for a case study or case story that works inside of your social selling. Yep. All right. We have number four next. Number four in subsection, the second one of subsection two. Oh my God, sounded like a contract now. Overcomes objections. So this is the content that specifically overcomes objections. Again, like Bryn said, this is probably not necessarily something for the newsfeed. This is something that you're going to want to do a little bit more in LinkedIn um, messaging, inbox follow-up and things like that. Yeah, and email and loom and dub and, and all those things. Yep. Yeah, all I totally agree with you right? This is something, although we may be able to use what we're about to say in a poll, right? The key here is content that overcomes objections. So as a salesperson, you're not selling if you're not getting objection, period. Right. If you if you are not hearing, don't have budget, had other training, did other things, if you're not hearing objections, you're not selling hard enough. Number one. Number mm -hmm. two, if you're doing a great job at sales and you're hearing all the objections, there's probably only three, four or five that you get all the time. And really optimizing how you overcome that and, and articulating that in content is a pretty cool thing. One of the things that we did with some of the objections that we get is we put it in frequently asked questions mm -hmm. at the bottom of, you know, you know, why would I buy your $997 program? Do I have a money back guarantee? All those things, right? All these questions that people are going to ask, we identified them and put them right on the landing page where people can buy and they can click through and see the answers to, to overcoming objections. Now, we can take that a step further and create content with it. The five reasons my buyers, whomever they are, choose not to buy and the consequences, right? And so the consequences are our, you know, how we're overcoming them. By creating this, and if they read this before we get to that objection, they've already almost answered it in their heads. So even if they do throw out that objection, it's a consistent message that makes it easy for them. The next one we're going to talk about is content that gives you the competitive edge. So here we're talking about competition. I love this. And actually, you know, we have it here 
this could be anywhere in the sales process. The reason Bob and I decided to put it in the middle of the sales process is because after the first conversation or during the first country at the end, we'll say, is there anyone else that you're looking at? Is there anyone else that you know, you're talking to. So we put that in the middle. This could also be used at the top of the funnel as well. But content mm -hmm. that gives you the competitive edge is absolutely essential. It's actually like one step beyond the overcoming objections in that a way, sense. right? But here, this is what this can look like. And I love this. We go out and we identify, we have, although we don't really face that many competitors, there are a few competitors that we do face consistently in conversation. There are some things they do that we don't do. There are some things that they do. For example, they will manage their sales navigator and CRM. We don't do that. We'll teach it, but we don't manage it, right? So if they were outselling against us, that would be a competitive edge. Make sure that if you are selling sales now or you're you're using Sales Navigator with your CRM, that you have you know a company that knows how to manage that. That would give them an edge over us. Our edge typically is how do you start conversations without being salesy? Because most of the other companies, not all, and 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 we have a lot of competitors. Co friendly competition, it's not really competition because we all have different outlets, are really good at the relationship building side, but we're anti-automation. So our message would be like one of our competitors, not directly, but for the same dollars would be an automated program for LinkedIn. So we, and we know that we're fighting for the same dollars of the, as those automated companies. We know we're fighting that. So we tend to have a ton of content about anti-automation and why you shouldn't use it to give us that competitive edge. Did I articulate that okay, yeah, Bob? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely think you did. I absolutely think you did. And actually that kind of ties into our next one because with our next one, you're, you're going to have people within the company that you need to sell to too, who are going to need everything that we just talked about as, as well. So content that will help you sell internally, I personally think is huge because whatever the old number was 6.8 people or whatever it was who are involved in the average B2B buying decision, just because you have a champion within the company, you still need to get to all these other people. So while you are trying to do that through LinkedIn and through everything else that we teach, having content that that's already prepared that your champion can give out or that you can give to these people while you're trying to get in touch with them, I think it, it is crucial because it will present you in a way that these people in these specific positions need to hear. So for like, you know, sales related stuff, well, we need to talk to salespeople. We need to talk to marketing people. Sometimes we need to talk to IT people. You know, all of these different parties within the company have different concerns about talking to you. So when you develop the content targeted at these people that that will hopefully at least um, come close to answering the questions that they have specific to their concerns about your product is just, is, is fantastic, I think. Bob, I could not agree with you more. I think that this is a challenge for a lot of salespeople. 
one of the things on LinkedIn that we can do is we can buyer map and see as close as we can all of those decision makers and influencers based on title that we think we sh should have a conversation with before the sale because from our experience, these are the titles of the influencers. So what you're saying is crucial. Often we can say to our champion, hey, typically these people, we meet with them before, but you can't control it and you can't backdoor your champion while you're in the sales process. So if they say no, you just have to tiptoe lightly. One of the great things that we can do, and this is where we go back to video, I would say our content should be introduced with us. And you can create content for the IT person, how easy this is to implement, um, how safe it is if you're a SaaS company. You have for your CFO, if you've got really great content on how, even though this is an expense today, how what the how long it takes to get the return on investment because and the breakdown, right? What does the CEO care about or the CRO? How this will help you bring in more top line revenue, right? So I absolutely love what you said, and we need to educate each of these buyers from their perspective, not just ours. And so content for that really makes a difference. I am seeing some engagement here. We have Phil said, what's your take on Sales Navigator? You know what? I love this question. We'll come back to that at the end for sure. Um, and then if uh, Gunnar says, if, a sales if sales professionals are truly actively listening to their prospective clients, they will have an unlimited list of future content. And it will be content that prospects want to consume. I love that. Um, I, you know, we talk about capturing your genius all the time. When you are on a call with a prospect and they ask a question and you answer it, record that. Whether you're literally recording it or you're writing it down. You are, in, I love that Gunnar said that. You are interacting every day with people and you're sharing your thought leadership based on the questions your audience is asking based on their thoughts and what you have uh, gleaned. So that is spot on. And the last one that we're going to talk about is uh, post-sales. So once you close, what happens next? You can develop content that will help you cross-sell or cross-solve into either other departments or if you have other products or services that you can also sell to the same people that mm -hmm. will help them either solve additional problems or, you know, depending on the situation. And there's like a wide potential variety there. But, you know, most most people, when they're out selling, they generally have more than one product, more than one product that can help people within the company. And then sometimes the same product that you sold to one department may help people in other departments of that same company. I love that. And, you know, our friend Jack Hubbard uses cross-solve. So I knew we had to throw that in there somewhere. Um, and yeah. I think that's brilliant because cross-sell, you know, we're pushing, we're pushing. Cross-solve is what other challenges do they have that we can help them with? One of the things throughout Social Sales Link is sometimes we'll get into one branch or one department and we we help them and then once they have success they can introduce us internally but like you said are there other things so we have lots of clients that went through our linkedin training now we have a thought leadership program where we can help the subject matter experts inside of the company really get their voice out so that's a new 
product solution that we have that we can now go back and say, hey, are you still struggling with the content side? Are you still struggling with the thought leadership side? Here are some ideas. You can use this internally with your marketing. That's the content. Create the content. 10 things marketing can do to increase the thought leadership inside of their organization. And if you, and then the question is, do you have the time and resources to do that? If not, are you open to exploring how we might be able to help you? Right. And so if you start with rather than telling them how you can help them, help them provide the insights, provide the value good enough that they can do it without you. And there's such a controversy in the world about this. Don't give away free consultation. The bottom line in today's world, now even with ChatGPT, anyone can do anything at any time. <laughs> the reason they'll hire you is your perspective and their lack of time and resources to do it. So at this point, I you know it's really important. The content that helps you cross-solve is education that leads to your new product or service. Absolutely. 100%. And it's, it's kind of amazing that when I'm on social, no matter where I'm at anymore, people talk about content and, and they're now using that word content to address so many different things, but it's all ultimately about information that people consume. So content mm -hmm. is becoming more and more accepted all of the time, it seems like. So, you know, if, if you're not using content yourself, we've given you seven different areas to use content that will help you with your sales efforts. Because I, I really do believe that people are expecting more content and they want more content because content can be consumed. And when you do it right, especially the way that we're talking about can be shared. That's what happens when you consume too much content too quickly. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, thanks again for joining us on Making Sales Social Live. If you're with us live on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter right now, we do this every week. So keep an eye out for our live sessions. If you're listening to us on our podcast, uh, if you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. So you'll have access to all of our current shows and when new ones drop. Uh, if you'd like more information on our podcast, it's at socialsaleslink.com slash podcast. Now we do two shows weekly, this one and our making sales social interview series, where we talk with leaders and experts in sales, marketing, business, and many, many more areas. So when you're out and about this week or any week, be sure to make your sales social. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Don't miss an episode. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. Register for free resources at linkedinlibrary.com. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.